1: To Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com and now also on Apple Podcasts. And today is Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. It's Sunday, May the 24th, 2020. And I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and I'm coming to you live from isolation in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I hope that you are all staying safe wherever you are, wherever you may be celebrating your Memorial Day weekend. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here making the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined once again by musician, author, yoga and meditation teacher and interfaith minister, Reverend Good John Bergman. And he is returning to the show from right here in Austin to discuss more about coping with the pandemic and ongoing isolation, maybe isolation fatigue, Um, and So I going to talk about one of his novels that I just read, a meditation-based novel, and uh, maybe we can talk about some of his other writing. He's quite, quite prolific in his writing. And along the way, I'll be discussing the issue of finding meaning and purpose and passion and preventing depression in the middle of this crazy time that we're in. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me and I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is drmara, that's drmara, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can hear this evening's program again and get all the information from the show, any website links that are discussed on the program um, by going to my website. And the podcast along with those links will be posted later tonight um, and just go to my website, com. and you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's b l o g talkradio.com/slash your golden years. And you can also hear all you can also hear the podcast after the show by going to Apple Podcasts. And all of the shows from the last six and a half years that we've been on Blog Talk Radio are available on both of those links, the blogtalkradio.com and the Apple Podcast. And for information about upcoming shows and any upcoming events, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. All right, so we're going to take a brief break. We're going to play a few of our sponsors' commercials, and we're going to be back very soon, so don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right joined by... Super Jeffrey Psychologist John Dr. Mara
0: Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors.
2: Thank okay. you.
1: All right, and we, All are right. we are back. If you're just joining you're just us, joining this is Dr. Mara Carpell Carpel and Carpel, your golden Years right here, right on, Blog here on Blog Talk Radio and on com. And, Dr. Dr. and um, we, are um, we are joined right now by, now by Reverend Good John Berkman. Berkman. Are you there, Good John? Good to be Dujan? with you again. Yes, I am.
3: Good to All right. I think
1: there's a little there's bit of feedback, feedback. So if you're listening, so if you're on, if you're another listening device, on another device, you might, might, might want to turn wanna that down.
3: Nothing that. Oh, nothing, to... huh?
1: No. I'm just okay. on my screen. Okay. okay I'm, my hearing I'm hearing back. myself back. Okay. okay. All right. Well, okay. we're just going to do it like this, see like how, it how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there's feedback. So... So, I'm so glad to have you back on the program. Um, but I know the last time we had really a really interesting conversation and um I felt like we really need to continue it, especially now that isolation has continued. So, so I know that, you, I wrote know that book, you wrote a book i mean I know you wrote know a, you a wrote blog, a, recently, blog about recently about feeling restless and, and so so some of your, of your thoughts right, right now about as, about people, as are, people are uh, uh, are, continuing are continuing to isolate, to isolate or, not. or not some of them are of going out and, out and partying as if there's no there's pandemic no and um, 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 what do you what do you think let me, question, let me ask you a question. John, question are you on a, a speakerphone?
3: Speaker uh no, I'm not. I'm, uh, let, let me let me uh, unplug my headset and see if that's better. Okay?
1: Okay. Let's okay, me let's me see if that works.
3: Hear me better now?
1: Um yes. Okay. Perfect. And then I'll, I'll hold right. it to my ear like yeah, we it used to in the old days. It, <laughs> it was an echo I kept hearing myself, so that is <laughs> Okay. So, um, you know, now that people are starting to um, get a little restless, and I know you wrote a blog about feeling restless, um, some people are staying home and still feeling restless and maybe starting to feel depressed or have um, isolation fatigue and some people have just decided it's enough and they're getting out and making believe that there's no virus. Um, so what are some of your thoughts about that or suggestions about dealing with this?
3: Well, well, um, let me begin by just talking about restlessness in general. Uh, one of the things that mm-hmm. I noticed, both about myself and, and our family and and then, as I started reading other people's material and 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 talking to friends and so on, is this uh, there is a restlessness that, that comes when we when we slow down. And I think my point with the article was to say that that's absolutely natural and uh, and normal, and it's not like this is the first time in in human history that we're dealing with restlessness. I think it's a it's an innate human uh, quality. Uh, and it can lead us to do some great things and it can, you know, but, but it also is something that, um, you know, people of, of religion, people of spirituality, mystics, uh, monks, nuns, and so on, have tried to, um, not just learn how to cope with, but overcome, uh, in intentional solitude. Right. And so I think there's Mm -hmm. a big difference between how we approach it, um, when we're forced into solitude, uh, you know, they, they use solitary confinement as a, a punishment in, in prisons. Uh, but then we have monks and, and, and yogis who go into caves for 12 years uh, right. with, in, with intentional solitude uh, and, and perfectly willingly doing that. Uh, and I think there's just this big difference between you know, the intention of one versus the other. Uh, When you're forced Mm -hmm. into something, uh, it will drive you crazy because there's no intention to go with it. So the restlessness will increase up until a point where you just, where there's a a blow up of some kind, uh, where you find yourself numbing yourself all the time uh, in in order just to cope with the restlessness, right? If you go into it with intention, uh, it's a totally different thing. Uh, then you bring a sense of mindfulness and awareness to um, the isolation, uh, and then you uh, you know tackle yourself. You 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 allow yourself to um, you know deal with your own thoughts because again it's intentional. And so the hard thing I, I know for many people has been if they've you know, wanted to tackle is to switch from I was forced into this isolation into now that I'm here, let me change my intention of what I can get out of this isolation versus feeling like I'm trapped in it. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good point.
3: And, and, a good and, so, point. And, and it also changes the locus of control, Right. So you feel like when you change your intention, you feel like you're in more control of the situation versus if you feel forced into something, you feel out of control of your life. And that's what people are often rebelling against these days uh, is this sense of freedom that they feel they've lost and and the restlessness because they didn't choose to do it uh, of their own accord. Uh, And they didn't make the switch, the intentional switch during During the isolation. And, right. And, and by the way, I'm not saying this is easy in any way. <laughs> I've I've both dealt with, you know, went into uh, long isolation of my own, and uh, read many many books over the years of people who have gone into isolation intentionally. And the first year is difficult for most. <laughs> so
1: so uh-huh. people are having uh-huh. difficult
3: and that's even with you know the best of intention. You go into it, it's still difficult. So I'm not minimizing the restlessness that people are feeling in any way. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, we can get some benefit out of it if we change uh, the focus and intention.
1: That's really a good point because I've been trying to, I guess I've been trying to figure out why it is. Of course um, I've had difficulty at times, right? Uh, You know, like you said, you get restless or you miss people. Obviously you miss people that you really want to see. Um, You miss doing things that you enjoy doing that involve other people. Um, But in some ways I have felt like I'm okay. Right. Yeah. Um, And I have, and and I have wondered why it's been so difficult for other people um, and, and have, where they're protesting it and, and, and we're only doing it for our own safety and for the safety of other people. It's not that we're being locked up choosing to do it out of safety. Mm -hmm. So, but the point that you, you're making is the intentionality of it. And maybe I'm staying home because I know that it, I have decided that this is the safe thing to do and other people who are upset about it? Maybe don't believe that it has anything to do with safety. Well, I think there's maybe... so many
3: psychological belief and belief factors that go into why people rebel against something like this. Uh, I wrote another article recently about you know wearing a face mask and and, and is it a, mm-hmm. some people call it an act of cowardice? And for, for me, it's an act of compassion. Right? It's understanding that my actions may affect others because of the asymptomatic um, transmission of this virus. Right. And so if I wear a face mask, it's not to protect myself, it's to protect other people and the most vulnerable among us. Right. Uh, And it's really Mm -hmm. hard to, uh, but, but, but again, it's, it's this assumption we sometimes make that everybody is, you know, has the same sensibilities about things as we do. And, and and having compassion also for those who don't see it that way. <laughs> that's the, That's been uh-huh. my training pro- program these days, is <laughs> to say, you know what, okay, so, you know, you don't feel that way and you, th- you think this is, you know, an act of cowardice or something, okay, I see that. Uh, but, but trying to find compassion there as well. Uh, the thing that I find so- sometimes hard in this is that uh, you know, it's not an act of bravery to to um, put somebody else's health or or, or life on the line. Uh, right. Only when you put your own, right? So it's a when an act of bravery is an act of self-sacrifice if you can make it, right? And, right. You know, sacrificing somebody else is not bravery. And so when people are healthy and all that, it's not sacrificing them. They're not hurting themselves per se. By, by taking chances, but they could be hurting somebody else, and they could have been spreading it without knowing it and that's the difficult part right, uh, right. And, you know the the more people understand that the the more <laughs> the more uh precaution they take right but uh it is getting to that point of 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 you know expanding like we we have um in, in my little uh, interfaith organization, we have what we call the circle of care, right? And so how far does your circle of care expand and what can you use to make that expansion? So we go from selfish to being able to care for those who are close to us uh, and to be able to extend our uh, care uh, you know, outwardly as much as we possibly can depending on time and energy and resources and so on, right? But it's also Mm -hmm. an act of imagination. Uh, Compassion is, I I find, that the more you can imagine yourself in other people's Mm -hmm. shoes, the more you will be willing to change your behavior if, you know, if it doesn't hurt you, you change your behavior to uh, help them if you can, right? And so that's kind of Uh, The act of compassion, like we we define compassion as the ability to see the world from a variety of perspectives and then act accordingly. Uh, So it's it's a a fairly, you know, expansive uh, definition, but but it's this thing. I, I walk a mile in somebody's shoes. After I've done that, do I change my behavior because I now understand that person a little bit better? to me that's compassion it's an act more than anything else mhm
1: mhm right so maybe that mindset of understanding that our behavior right now is not just about us and it's not just about being fearless and going out and not caring if we catch a virus because we're strong and we can overcome it but it's about other people that we can spread it to unknowingly that mm-hmm. might not survive it. Um,
3: I Absolutely. mean, that's a big uh, assumption
1: uh, too. It's a big assumption that we're going to do so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> but,
3: I mean, it's it's hard mm-hmm. even, I mean, let's face it. It's hard to, to expand your sense of care to other people. and And if we think about when people feel like they can care for others is when they have a surplus of something right they have a surplus of money they'll be willing to give money they have a surplus of energy they'll be willing to give energy they have a surplus of a feeling of of contentment and care and then they will be you know more able to do that and when if people are you know the other thing that we're dealing with now is is this massive unemployment and we have to show mm-hmm. just about as much compassion there if not more uh, you know, it. So it's so it's um, it's a situation where if you can, you do. And if you don't have the capacity for that, if like you know, if you're starving, you have to get food, and you can't be thinking about like you know. It, once you have food and you have a surplus of food, then you can give food, right? Uh, it, it, right. So it's it's the old uh, idea of you. You, uh, you know what's what's that thing in the. In the airplane cabin, if the oxygen masks fall, you okay. put it on yourself first, and then on your child, right? And so you right. learn how to swim before you jump in and try to save somebody. If somebody who's driving, you no know, drowning, and so on. Um, and that's the hard part right now. Is not everybody has the surplus of capacity or or or, or need to care for. A very expansive group. They say, "No, I care for me, my family, my church group, my my spiritual group, my my co-workers, but I can't mm-hmm. expand my my level of care, you know, well beyond that. Uh, and and we can't ask everybody to do that. But of course, if more people did, you know, the, the pandemic would be over sooner. You know?
1: <laughs> right, right. That, so I mean, the question <laughs> is, is it really? Um... A lack of surplus that causes people to go crowd at beaches or crowd together at lakes and and yeah, I, and wish not I had an answer for that I, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wish I had an answer for That's... that i i don't uh it it's right. not you know I think about these things in in you know both from personal standpoint and from my study of religion and study of psychology and I think you, you know I've been looking at, you know, for example, how what religion teaches about caring and compassion and and peace of mind. And it all goes together. I haven't found any that doesn't in some way try to push beyond the boundaries of just the group that they belong
4: to, Mm
3: -hmm. right? Right. Compassion and care and trying to be a good, good beyond, but it takes work. Uh, you know, I often liken the mind and uh, to to a, a garden, right? The weeds they grow without any effort, <laughs> uh, and, mm-hmm. but but to to grow something beautiful it takes work and and, and care right. and and, and right. effort, uh, and you know, and when we surround our mind with weeds, what we are what we take in and. And, and who we interact with, and so on, it grows. That grows even faster. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, you know. So it is an intent. Once again, we come to this idea of intention, of intentionally uh, working towards something, intentionally using the adversity uh, to the to our benefit. Saying, "Okay, I'm here. I'm stuck. I can either go crazy, or I can use the intention." To, to face my restlessness and my fear mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and all that head on, and I can use this time to expand my capacity for care and compassion uh, as far as I can, you know, during this time, and 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 monitor when I get uh, angry and frustrated at people who are not behaving the way that I wish they would, <laughs> right? And, uh-huh. and, and all of that, uh-huh. right? So, yeah, it, it presents yeah. many chances, many many opportunities to to deal with some uh, inner stuff. I think.
1: <laughs> so I, I think you made a good point. I think it's our it's our mindset. And if we think if we don't believe that what our what we're doing is going to hurt anybody, um, uh-huh. then if we're forced to stay home being told that we could hurt people by going out we're just going to be angry and feel like we're in prison so we're going to rebel against that and go out and do what we want but if we really believe it and we and we have that intention that we don't want to hurt other people then we feel like we're choosing to stay home and we have a different perspective about it
3: absolutely i think that that's a you know, when you have to do something, you feel like it's outside pressure. But when you choose to mm-hmm. do the same thing, it you feel like you're in control of the situation, um, right? Or, or as much control as you can be in at any point in time, you know.
1: <laughs> and, and, and frankly, people are getting really mixed messages about what is true and what isn't, right? I think that's probably part of the problem: is that people aren't really hearing a consistent message about what, you know, what is the science of this and, you know, what is the right Uh, thing to do.
3: So, you know, you're hitting the things that I've been writing about. I I also wrote an article about this recently. Uh, It's the lesson that I've learned from being in the uh, interfaith arena where people of different faiths are, attempting to improve communications between their groups, right? And the biggest lesson that, that's come out of that is that people mostly listen to those who they already know and like, right? Mm-hmm. So if we want to get across to another person, another group, and they're not listening, we, we, we can't go, you know, if they don't know us and like us, they're not going to listen. And so we have to go to a person that's in their group and is already open-minded to say, hey, maybe you can bring this same information to that person or to that group, and then you will have better luck because they already know you right. and they already trust you. And so th- this is something that you know I've I've seen a lot of since uh, uh, you know I started down this road of of trying to find ways to improve. Uh, communications and and relationships, is Mm -hmm. people, uh, they talk at each other and don't listen to each other because Mm -hmm. they don't know and trust each other. And so uh, I I had this uh, talk earlier this or or last week where I was talking about that the first step, and it's a boring and it's difficult and it's long, the first step to improve communications, to improve relations is to build trust. Uh, and it's really uh-huh. hard to build and it's really easy to mess up. But right. and, and during that time of building trust, you don't talk about the controversial stuff, right? You talk about the basic human stuff that you all, we all share. And then once you establish the trust, then you have an opening to move into talking about more difficult topics. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the the goal is to have trust and open lines of communications so that when something difficult happens, people will know you as a good person who has their best interest in mind, and they say, okay, we'll we'll listen to this person because of this and that. Uh, And and it's so so I, I think of this because you say it's hard to know what to do because people in different groups are saying different things. And the people who are listening, they're listening to those they already know and trust. And so it's really up to the leaders in every group to, you know, you could do a lot more if there was a cohesive uh, response and and Mm -hmm. everybody was on the same page. Because now you have all these different leaders talking to their groups the people that already know them and trust them, and and they don't want to listen to anybody else. And it's no matter what you say, if they don't know you, if they don't trust you, they're not going to listen to you. It's just going to be noise. Right. It's just going to be annoying. It's just going to be, you know. So finding a way to get mm-hmm. through is to find somebody open-minded within the group, ask them, would you be willing to <laughs> take this message right. to your group?
1: Right. And that's a hard thing right. to do as well that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So what about, you know, the people that are deciding, you know what, I'm going to stay home. I I know that the people who are out and loud are, we're paying attention to them because they're loud. But the people who are staying home are actually much, much more. I mean, there's actually people who are saying, you know, I'm not ready to start going out. It's just, Boring. They don't show that on the news because how interesting is it to see somebody sitting at home in their pajamas?
3: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah, not so
1: much. And, and,
3: and yeah, yeah, and it's right. People are um, much more aware than than what you would think, looking at some of the news footage lately.
1: Right. Uh, right. So for those and, of us and, who and are so,
3: saying... and so and so under difficult like. Wayne Dwyer, he used to have this great analogy that I love to use, and he asked people, mm-hmm. uh, what comes out when you squeeze an orange, right? And he, and people, it, what is this, a trick question or something? He says, no, no, <laughs> right. what comes out when you when you squeeze an orange? He says, orange juice, right? Yeah, yeah, orange juice. That's what he said, yeah. So so when you squeeze an orange, never comes out lemon juice or melon juice or Lime juice or anything, it's always orange juice. And he says the reason only orange juice comes out is because that's what's already on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so his idea with this was to say that when a person is squeezed, uh, put in a difficult situation, what comes out is what is already within. It's not the situation that puts, that creates. The response. Mm. The response is what is already within the person, mm-hmm. and so and so we see this whole range of reactions to the difficulties, because people have all kinds of different things on the inside that come out when they're squeezed. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, that makes total sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so. And so what and so you, being what? so so be, so so you and, and another thing I think we talked about this last time you can have person who's staying at home or who's a frontline worker or something like that and they can be both very brave and very compassionate and having to deal with you know fear and restlessness and difficulty in the house and and you know communication mm-hmm. troubles and all that and And because we sometimes tend to think in black and white, or oh, you're dealing so well with this pandemic. What's your secret right <laughs> and And you know right. people's lives are not what they show on Facebook, right and so i'm <laughs> I'm betting that everybody uh you know has had some blow ups at home or or you know gone through periods where they felt depressed. I know I have. And so it's, right. it's, it's and not that a, was, yeah.
1: That was my next question. Um for those of us who are staying home or who are still having difficult time yeah. What are what what can we do to calm <laughs> ourselves down and not <laughs> yeah, get that yeah, restlessness well, where we say, you know what, forget it. I can't do it anymore. Right? We need to be able to stay calm and to be in a good so that we can stay the course yeah well well,
3: my my favorite in this is the serenity prayer because it it helps me discern between what i can't control and what i can control and to take action Mm -hmm. where i can control something right it reminds me to always put everything through that ringer is am i spending my time focusing all the things that i can't control or am i doing the things that i can do Today, right, mm-hmm. and I think again, coming to that intentionality and locus of control is to say, let me focus on the things that I can control in my life, not the thing, not obsess over the things that I can't control, because that's where, I'll, you know, when most of our attention is there, I don't care who you are, you're going to be in a state of anxiety if if all you right. think about are things that are out of your control, right. And so it's so it's bringing first of all bringing it back to that, and then I mean there are all kinds of methods to help you uh, reduce anxiety and to focus your mind and to be grateful for what you have and you know, see things in mm-hmm. perspective and 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 all of those things. Uh, I don't think there's a silver bullet. I don't think there is one thing that everybody can do that will affect everybody the same way. I will say, however. That if people have had some form of uh, you know spiritual practice, anything from mindfulness to prayer and anything in between, Mm -hmm. that has shown to be helpful. Uh, And so, but Mm -hmm. but again, people have to have a personal connection to it already for it to work. Uh, And you know, and then if people have. Gone through periods in their life where they really felt well. Uh, you know, revisit those uh, times and ask yourself, like, what was I doing then? Is something that I can replicate now, that I can do now, actively do now, uh, that will that will help me feel better. Uh, I used to use this question in some of my seminars, which was, um, how many people in this room? are currently not using everything that they already know. hmm <laughs> right? right. And every everybody, everybody raised their, raises their hand. hand right?
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> and so and so it's it's also giving yourself credit to say maybe I don't need to go out there and ask others what I should do. Maybe I just need to just sit with myself and remember And go through things Mm -hmm. and maybe do more stuff that I've already been exposed to, that I already know, that is already within me, that I can actually put to good use uh, under these circumstances.
1: Right. Right. Good point. One of the things that I like to do that has helped me and when I when I'm not doing it I tend to have more of the negative thoughts is to read a good book. And you've written a lot of good books. You I looked up I looked you up on Amazon and oh my goodness, you've written so many books. Well, it's and, one of the uh, things that keeps my mind occupied as well, to write. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. I love writing, too. That's that's very therapeutic for me. And I I read one of your books recently, the, the um, what was it, The Meditating Psychiatrist Who Tried to Kill Himself? Was that the name? Is that the name of the? The title. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad to um, hear that. Thank you. And there were some messages in there
3: that I yeah, thought it, it, were it, really... it, it was yeah. So so back in the nineties I was um, in, in Iceland where I come from translating a book by Jack Cornfield with a friend of mine. and uh-huh. we were translating A A Pathless Heart. Oh I love that and book. this friend of mine <laughs> yeah and this friend of mine gets a phone call um and and he says I'm sorry we, we were out on the countryside or he says I'm sorry I have to leave my friend just tried to commit suicide. And I learned that this was Mm. his friend who was both a psychologist and uh, a, a a Zen meditator for 30 years. Mm. And, and just that knowledge of that turned my whole practice of meditation upside down for, for a while. (laughs) Cause, Uh because, you know, how could he, after both having knowledge of psychology and Tater for this long, how could he ever try to commit suicide? So this, this mm-hmm. kind of novel is, is a, an attempt kind of both personal and philosophical to kind of ruminate a little bit about that dilemma. Uh, and, and I took a, I, I, you know, it's not what this man did, but it is my ideas about what that could be.
1: Right, right. Um, It was really interesting. I really found it interesting and kind of the message in it not to stop meditating was really important. Yeah. Um, You know, don't be afraid of meditation.
3: Well, it's a combination of things to, to, you know, to be in contact with somebody who has been doing it, who can guide you if you, because you're going through your own interior and, and uh, you know, everybody can learn how to do it, start doing it. But at some point you'll run into some stuff in your own mind uh, or, or some mm-hmm. obstacles where it would be good to have somebody to talk to who's been doing it for a while. Uh, right. and That's one of the yeah, and then also there has to be a, 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 a some sort of philosophy. They've, they've written extensively about this about the the. Um, there have been some research done on this about the dart of mindfulness because mindfulness is is essentially uh, Buddhist meditation without Buddhism, right? And so mm-hmm. you know when you. Uh, it, if we use the word "the dark night of the soul" from the Christian tradition, right? When you uh-huh. when, when you face the dark night of the soul during your meditation, you have to have, uh, you know, I, in my mind, three things: you have to have a community of meditators, you have to have a philosophy that you can um, really uh, that can help you, and you have to have some guidance from somebody who's been down the road before. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I, I find that you know. For, for the longest time, that was missing from my life. Uh, and uh, I find that it's missing from the lives of many people who are, who are doing really well with meditation. But it's just understanding that at some point, it may get difficult, even though everybody's selling it as it's the best thing you can do for yourself. And it can be both.
4: <laughs> it right. can
3: be both, you know, just like... Um, Running a marathon can be the best thing you you do for yourself. You get training and all that, but there are also some dangers on the way, and if you if you talk to people who have done it and you talk to trainers and so on, you, you'll do it safer and, and, and get all the benefits with fewer of the uh, downsides. Right.
1: It helps to have support from somebody, yeah. from a mentor of some sort who can kind of guide you through that because you're right. You're, you know, mindfulness, you're noticing what you're thinking. Right. And some of our thoughts are pretty dark sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it's,
3: and it's all there. And that's also like part of what I'm saying with the restlessness is to say, you know what, it is there. It's not going away. Um, even when life returns back to normal, be mindful of the fact that the restlessness that drove you crazy at home is still going to be there. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, so learn, learn to deal with it so that if you're ever in, you know, forced isolation again, it'll be easier to, to slow yourself down.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the way that I've been trying to think about this is it's an opportunity to really learn about ourselves. And, and you know, we're running around so much that sometimes we uh, forget to really spend time with ourselves and to learn who we are and, and you know, what is going on inside of us. Absolutely. Right? And, I mean, um, you know,
3: and, and that's part, again, of the intentionality of it. Once you're in that situation, you say, you know what I'm gonna use this time. that's an intention. I'm gonna use this time to really do this uh, and and that's mm-hmm. you know, so important as, as, as an aspect of this
1: right right so before before you go um, yes can you can you let our listeners know what you're doing and how they can find out more about you and and uh, also be able to read some of your Great writing.
3: Absolutely. So quickest way to get to all of that is to go to my website. It's interfaithrev.com. Uh, there you have links to my Amazon profile, to my YouTube uh, music videos, uh, to my uh, uh, organization, Harmony Interfaith In- 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 Initiative. Uh, and and a lot more information on there. All, also information on how to contact me and so on. So interfaithrev.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, if anybody needs you know guidance or wants to read something uplifting or or, or so on, uh, then there's plenty to to look at there. And there's also a link to my Medium blog. I try to post something there at least once a week.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming back again. I think it's a really important message, especially right now, at as, as a time when people are really, I mean, this has been going on for a while, so we need to hear this kind of information to help us to keep going.
3: <laughs> Happy to be here, Maureen, and thank you for inviting right. me again.
1: All right. Well, you have a good evening, and um, we'll talk again soon.
3: Absolutely. Thank you. Okay.
1: All right. Bye-bye now. So we're going to take a quick break. We have some more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: Please visit us on the web at
0: www.drmaracarpell.com. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Merrick Harpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on BlogTalkRadio.com.
1: All right. And we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Merrick Carpell and your golden years right here on blog talk radio and on dr. And, um, I, I went over time with Reverend Bergman because um, I thought that the topic really was so important and it, we actually covered a little bit of what I was going to talk about, which was how to deal with depression during this time of extended isolation. And, um, and since we don't have a musician this week, I thought I'd take advantage of that. So, But before I talk just a couple of minutes about a couple of things that I wanted to bring up about that topic. Let me just um, remind you that um, coming up soon, exciting for this program, we're going to have the twins, Ruben and Minerva, who are in uh, Mexico near, um, near Puerto Vallarta. And they're going to be joining us um, every couple of weeks or so to talk about what's happening down there with um, the ex- the expats who live there now. There's a lot of expats down in Mexico and they're on the uh, Western and um, it's hopping down there. There's a lot of things going on. And so they're going to be joining us and talking about that. And they're very excited and we're very excited. So that's coming up soon. And so stay tuned. We'll be That'll be announced on Facebook and in the post about this show. All right. So, I just wanted to talk just a few minutes more about um, dealing with depression in this extended isolation because I think, um, you know, as a, as uh, Reverend Bergman was talking about, and um, what I mentioned is that there, I think there is a lot of a lot of us who are choosing to stay home. Um, even though it appears on TV like everybody's going breaking out. <laughs> um, and staying home is a choice, and we're doing it because we know that it's the safer thing to do, but it doesn't come without bumps in the road. Um, it, it, it is difficult to keep doing it. It's, it is a sacrifice. And, um, sometimes people are uh become depressed or anxious and and I think we all do. It's normal to have those feelings um, number one, I think that the reason for our being home causes some anxiety, right? We know that there's a virus, and that a lot of people have um have died from it or gotten very sick. At this point, um, over 100,000 people have passed away from this virus. So that alone scares us. Even if we know that we're safe where we are, we worry about our fellow um, people, and we worry about our family members and our friends especially, we, you know, because we we can't see what they're doing, and we want to make sure that they're safe too. Um, and then there's the anxiety of the money. Um, are we going to be able to survive? And you know, financially, and the depression of of being home. And you know, people who aren't able to work from home feel like every day is the same as the day before. So, I think it's really normal to have that those times. But it's really important for us to find ways to overcome that. And one way is by reminding ourselves, I think, setting that intention again, that the reason that we're doing this is not just for ourselves, but for other people, that when we stay home, we're keeping our community safe. We're keeping the little old lady who lives down the street safe from us unknowingly carrying this and transmitting it and spreading it um, and causing her to become sick or the nursing home in the neighborhood. So when we realize that, when we know that what we're doing is an act of kindness and generosity, it's a sacrifice that we're making for other people, it actually has a very positive effect on our mood because um, generosity Um, actually increases acts of generosity, actually increase our immune system and it increases our mood. We, we immediately get um, a burst of those really wonderful feel good chemicals, the endorphins, and as well as serotonin, which is um, what helps us to sleep better and it helps us, our mood to be uh, better. So, um, Reminding ourselves of that, that we are engaging in an act of sacrifice and generosity, do it daily. Remind yourself daily that that will have an immediate effect on how you feel, how your mood is. And the other part of that, as I was saying to to Reverend Bergman, is having... um, Having things that we can do that we know that we enjoy. Like I said, I enjoy reading good books. Um, Using this time to do things that uh, we usually complain that we don't have enough time to do. So if you like to write, start writing. Learn how to write. There are are a lot of online courses right now where they're giving free courses on writing or very – discounted courses in writing. Um, and Daily ohm is a good place to go. That's a really good website because it's based on donation, and you can donate what you feel that you are able to to pay for their courses, and they're giving a lot of courses on writing. Um, learning an instrument or picking up the instrument that you haven't played in a while and and playing that, Um, painting, drawing, being creative is really, really powerful in helping us to feel purposeful, to have our lives have meaning, to feel passionate about our lives, even though we're home. Um, You know, many artists choose to stay home every day so that they can continue creating. Their studio is in their home, and so right now, this is no different than any other time. So we can be like those artists. We can turn into those artists for now. We can use this time to create and do things that we wouldn't have time to do if we were going out and mingling with people. And, um, and if you want to learn to meditate, there are online free groups that you can join where you do get the kind of support that Reverend Bergman was talking about. Um One of those is uh, the, the um, guest who was on my show uh, a couple of months ago, uh, Lawrence Edwards. He has a an online zoom group um, to meditate and that's by donation, so if you're not able to afford it, then you don't have to and If you go to my website and look up Lawrence Edwards Edwards. Um, that show that he was on will pop up and it'll have the link to that free Zoom, free or by donation Zoom group. And also um, Reverend Bergman offers several things on his website. Um, But this is a really good time for us to go within and really learn about ourselves and learn, you know, maybe we want things to be a little bit different when things go back to Normal or semi normal when this is over, but maybe um, we weren't really truly satisfied before. So, what steps can we take now toward the path that we want to take? Uh, what can we do right now toward living our passion? Maybe this is a good time for some of the preliminary steps to educate yourself or to explore online about the area that we that we feel drawn to, that we feel passionate about. And maybe you can even start taking some of the steps. Maybe some of whatever it is can be done right from home. Uh, everything is going virtual these days. So there are many things that you can do right from home. Um, And that, once you start to engage in your passion or even just explore what your passion might be, adds an extra excitement to your life. There's a spark that's added to your life. So you don't need to go out and and be in crowds. You can enjoy this time at home. You can feel purposeful. Um, What I found in my practice, that they felt about, and they started pursuing it. If they were feeling depressed or anxious before, it's kind of like the depression and the anxiety started to fall away. <clears throat> Sometimes the depression and the anxiety that we feel when we're um, standing still um, is because we know that there's something more that we should be doing that that we're being called to do, and even when we're running around, um we feel that we feel that something missing, but we ignore we're able to ignore it better because we're busy, but that's not a better thing to have things to do to help us ignore it this is, that's running from your pain. And um, you never get to find out what it is that you really want to be doing. You never have the chance to take the steps to do it. So this is a really good time to figure out what it is that you want to do and use this time to learn about it or to take steps toward it. The other part of it, and I think the part that drives people to go out around people, is because we miss people. So, you know, we're living in a very technological society. Use the technology. Call people on the telephone. Use your computer or your smartphone to video conference so that you care about and that you miss. You know, my mom is 91 years old and lives up in New York, and I have not been able to see her, but we figured out – there is a gadget that we were able to attach to her television or have attached to her television set that allows us through our smartphone or computer to call her through her television and we can actually, she can see us and we can see her and we can video conference on this huge screen in her living room. And so it feels like we've seen each other. We have been with each other um, you know, after I video conference with her, if I talk to her on the phone later in the day, she'll say it was so nice to see you today. She felt like I was there with her, and, and, and I was. I was there with her in her living room, even though my body was here in Texas. So um, use those connections, the technology connections, to connect with people. And connect with people that are, that are like-minded. So if you're learning how to meditate, connect with a meditation group. If you're interested in doing more artwork or music, then connect with other artists and musicians. There are all kinds of groups, Zoom groups online that you can connect with who um, share your interests. And there are also online support groups for people who are feeling like they need more support. If people are feeling depressed, um caregivers who can't see other people this is a this is you know a constant situation for 24-hour caregivers who are taking care of a family member at home Um, even without a pandemic they can't get out and see people so online support groups um are there people caregivers can get together with each other and talk about what they're going through and share some tips and and support each other. And online support groups for depression or online support groups for anxiety. And if you really need some help, there most therapists right now are offering you know counseling, a psychotherapy through the computer, through the video chat. And in my experience in working with veterans right now through telehealth, through the video chat, it, the connection that you make with another person is, the, is just as real. It's just as strong through the video where you can see each other and hear each other speak um, as if you were in the room with them. So use that. Connect with other people. You don't have to be alone in this time. So on that note, I'm going to let you know what's happening next week or the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to get off the get off the show for tonight, okay? So next Sunday, actually, May 31st, we'll be playing an encore of our show with the licensed professional counselor, Bill Prasad, who spoke about his blog, The Guilting and Gaslighting of the American Consumer, and talking about this issue of Do I stay home or do I go out? Um, And then on the following Sunday, June 7th, we'll be back with another show live from right here in Austin, Texas. And stay tuned on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, to find out who's on that show. It's not scheduled yet, but we have a few people um, who might take that slot. So just stay tuned for that. We will have a show and a great guest. And if you want to hear tonight's program again, and read the information from the show, and get the uh, links the, that we talked about um, that Good John Bergman discussed, um, or to listen to previous programs, read my blogs in um, Thrive Global, uh, find out about my book, and all of that, go to my website drmaricarpell com, and also. You can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to blogtalkradio, B-L-O-G, B-L-O-G com slash golden years. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts. And the link to the Apple Podcasts page for this show is on my website, on the, on the post about this show. And also, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Cartel, Your Golden Years. This program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And special thanks to my guest, Reverend Good John Bergman. And, of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Happy Memorial Day.
5: The North Down to survive. She owed so many people, she stayed alive. If you get in front of her past, she will. She'll eat you alive. It's the truth. You have a little trouble with your nose. Watch it change colors Like a rosy glow If you see your face in the mirror When it's down on its side You better hide You'll lose your hide And I'm gonna show ya make a transaction, you make a buy, well it's all in fashion, you want to try, if you seek the truth from the mountain where it grows and it thrives, they'll say she lied, you better hide. The North now to
4: survive.
5: She owes so many people and stayed alive. If you get in front of her path, she will. She'll eat you alive. Hey, you drive home. Past